0: Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma-irradiated, ejected from its home world, and aired live every week, only on the Non-Productive Network, the only place they would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio, as always, by Ken and Pete. Hi, Ken and Pete. Hey, Frank. What it is. On Near Mint, we rank and review comics from best to worst. That's Mint, Near Mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies, and try to guide you on what to read and what might be better to avoid. All month long, Mint is celebrating the Man of Steel by covering old things Superman. Fresh off Action Comics 1000, it's high time we look into some of our favorite stories of The Last Son of Krypton. And up this week is actually, spoiler alert, one of my favorite stories. Uh Uh-oh, Pete's giving me the look. This is going (laughs) to be an argument. Uh, One of my favorite stories from The Last Son of Krypton, Superman for all seasons. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And Ken says, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm really worried I'm going to be alone on this one. Let's get a little background on this book. Originally published in 1999, and I think picked up by me shortly thereafter. I think it was around maybe 2000, 2002 is when I read this book originally. I have the trade paperback of it, uh, and uh, it, it, I, I really did enjoy it. It was unusual. It's not an Elseworlds. Right. It's not right. a what-if universe uh, or what have you, but it's not mainline storyline either. And f- at the time, for me, that was an unusual uh, take.
1: Well, I, I think what was interesting the most about it was the time period in which the story takes place. Oh, yeah. Well, what time period do you think the story does take place? It, it's I the way that I took it was it's within that first year that he left Smallville to go to move to Metropolis.
0: It it does feel a little bit like a almost a Superman year one. Yeah, right. In a way, yeah. So it
2: seemed to be. I thought you were talking about the setting, like not just not. Well, relative to that, Superman, that's
0: also where I was. Cu- I was curious at yeah. what year you think this. Oh. It, it, it appeared to be uh, set in the year Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> it's set in the year nostalgia. It's set in the mm. year Rockwell painting. Yeah, yes. Uh, this is I don't know how to describe this. It's it's a standalone story about Superman's origin, told from the perspective of four uh, viewpoint characters, mm-hmm. uh, which. 3 of whom have the initials LL. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very well, cool. That, I love Superman for you though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 3
2: quarters of all characters have the initials <laughs> LL, yes, LL had and had Superman. Them.
0: It's more impressive that there was one character that didn't. Uh and it, it goes through his early days uh, as almost as a proto Superboy uh into his uh his ability to his, his his the iconic version of Superman we all know and love right now. I really enjoyed this book back in the day (laughs) uh, because it was... If it, it satisfied an urge for me, and I'm giving this as a historical review, so my opinions may or may not have changed. Uh, uh, but from it satisfied an urge for me to read long form graphic novel, novels. But at the same time, it wasn't completely disjointed from the universe that I knew. Whereas most Elseworlds, which we may review in upcoming episodes, do they're like, completely out of out of the sink. It's not the Superman you know. And at the same time, it's not over burdened by history you don't have to read 10 years worth of comics to kind of get what's going on in this arc
2: and it's also not the kind of story that changes everything you know about superman's origin
0: exactly yes that's another big selling point for me so we talked about this in the last episode that Superman has. There's a lot of things. Superman is different for different people. And one of the big selling points in Superman for a lot of people is nostalgia. And this book definitely hooks into the nostalgia. It definitely hooks into the whole Superman is iconic. He is a character from the 30s and 40s. And he is small small town Americana, you know, writ large on on on. On comic book pages, so I could see why there's an appeal to it. I could also see why there isn't.
2: I, I think there should have been a subtitle to this, Frank. Oh, oh, really? I think this should be Superman: A Man for All Seasons. You will believe a Cupid doll can go through puberty.
0: <laughs> so you're talking about the specific look. What, what are some of your? What were your takeaways, Pete?
2: I'm trying to ha- I'm trying to find a good way to attack this. May I? It, oh, yeah, you okay. go ahead, Ken. I
1: too, Frank. I really enjoyed the story and with Loeb and Sale coming off of Long Halloween, that was a perfect perfect pairing for that book. Uh, theme, look, everything. Jeff Loeb tells a great story in this, but I think Tim Sale's artwork misses it for me. It takes me out of it because it's not so much all the characters, it's actually Superman. The look of Superman really took me out of it. I felt like I was reading An old Dick Tracy comic
0: strip. Uh, Yeah, there is...
1: Superman's head is huge, and then you've got, like, little dots right in the center of his face to represent his nose and his eyes, and it's like, I thought I was looking at Little Face from Dick Tracy for most of this book.
2: (laughs) I can't think of any comic book that has been more insulting to the intelligence of Superman's supporting cast, especially the people of Smallville.
0: (laughs) Is this the whole, how can you not tell argument? Yes, Uh, for one
2: thing. I was like, he is... Ken made a big point about him having a giant head and a tiny face. It's not just a giant head. It is a disproportionately giant head to his body. And he's hulking. But his body is gigantic compared to everyone else's. Yeah. I mean, he is literally hunched over the table about twice the size of anyone else there. Yeah. And the fact that they don't immediately realize that there's something weird about him is horrible. Uh, ditto when he's in Metropolis, because the size relative size doesn't change. But it's even worse for the people in Smallville, because
0: so when, few when
2: Clark comes back to Smallville, <laughs> Superman's there, too. It just, oh, wow, it just so happens that, uh, that, that the, this gigantic man-boy flies around and saves people.
1: Around the same time that Lex
2: Luthor yeah. has these bots patrolling Metropolis and Superman's not
0: around either. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to get into a couple arguments with you fine yeah. folks. I think you're, you make some valid arguments about how, how drastic Superman looks yeah. in this story. He is either as Clark Kent or as Superman significantly different. He looks alien to me as Clark Kent, which I think is part of the, the beauty of the style. I see him awkward. And at one point we have to step back and, or at least I was able to step back and say these were stylistic choices to make to use graphics to illustrate the art form. So for me, having him being so big and bulky and awkward made him feel alien, even though nothing in the story, literally nothing in the story suggests he is an alien in this book. Like they don't they, they think he comes from space but they don't know where that means. For all they know, it's a rocket from the Russians, you know? They don't actually say he's an alien, but there's something in the art form, in the art uh, the art style, that makes me feel this guy is alien to what's going on. I love how they're able to make him awkward and bulky as Clark Kent, and this incredible, like, strong character as Superman, which only the best artists can really pull off, in I, my but, opinion. And
1: like I so, said, I'm not... I'm not bashing tim Sale, i think he's i think he's good and he's a great visual storyteller it has an effect and it and- was just it's just that image and what they decided to choose as that look for superman that bothered me yeah and I, so it.
0: when when you're going this far out stylistically it's gonna have an effect for me it was a good effect and for you two it wasn't i totally i'm accepting that yeah
2: i i can accept the stylistic effect idea if it weren't also reflected in the writing. The the discongruity compounded by the writing, and not in a, not in a good way.
0: So you were yeah, you, you know. were bringing up the fact that the people didn't recognize yeah. the fact
2: it, it, that it, that was in such a way that it, it really it shattered any kind of believability. It's like I can't believe that these people are so dumb.
0: And it, I I actually do take that back as a stylistic choice. So. For example, if the art is showing that there's something unusual going on, to me, it doesn't necessarily flow that everyone else in-universe, in the comic page, sees things the same way that I am seeing them as a cartoon, as as reading a cartoon. So for me, it's not like, how can they not tell this guy is such a bulking weirdo? Uh, It's because in the same way that you watch... Superman, the animated series, where typically the female characters are a third the size of the male characters mm-hmm. in that universe, I don't think they walk around going, what is going on with our species? It's it's insane. They are not aware that there is an artistic filter going on between the audience and themselves. It's It's hard to explain. I get where you're going. I see how you saw that as a problem. For me, it was... On the one hand, like, I don't think that the that the characters are aware of what art style they're drawn in. Uh, and for the other, uh, and this is, again, maybe me showing my love, but I liked how naive everybody was in this. Yeah. The fact that no one questioned, well, maybe he's an alien. Well, the, yeah, you might not question alien life forms if the only superpowered being that has ever existed is this guy. You know, maybe maybe we are too Superman savvy. Uh, that the small town was sort of like, yeah, well, it's a great thing Superman was around at the time. <laughs> that's that's typical 40s, 50s Superman. That's Superman, the original well, TV show.
1: Well, that's even 80s Superman and Superman 3 when he goes home to Smallville and all of a sudden Superman's there saving everybody. Yeah, it's and car- no one questioned it.
0: There is a certain cartoonish element to certain Superman stories This one certainly falls into it that I actually enjoy. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but if you're as I think this book for me, the way I'm going to ultimately review is it depends highly on what you tend to like. You should know beforehand whether or not this is going to be a story for you.
2: The way that this cartoonish type reality that's being set up is being used to tell what is attempting to be, I think, a very realistic emotional story. Yeah. Uh, Sale here is really trying to communicate what the experience of becoming Superman would be for a youngster, and at the same time, what the experience of having Superman suddenly introduced into your life would be. Would be for a normal person.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good time to stop and actually go through the seasons and mm. the, the the format of the book. Uh, I like the the style. Each chapter of this story takes place in in one season. We start with spring, and then we go to summer, and fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. And each story is symbolically relative to that season. And to a phase in this young man slash hero's life, we start off with his life in Smallville as a child. As he's just beginning, and we get a little bit. I think this is a Pa Kent's uh, perspective, yes. yeah. and I've not seen that before. Well, I, have, I have not seen many stories from Pa's perspective.
1: I was gonna say this. I, that first initial story I think was probably my favorite of the whole thing, and part of the reason was getting Pa Kent's perspective of how much he loves his boy. He raised them And he's proud of what he's become But then there's that One or two lines in there Where you actually see that As a human being He's afraid of who his son is too
0: Yeah, that doubt And
1: I don't think I've ever Actually seen anything like that Where people close to Superman Actually had that fear At least in the books and I thought it was very, very powerful. And that's what originally hooked me from the beginning while while I was reading this. This is
0: a great chapter for me as well. Uh, it sets up a visual motif. So we've st- spoken a lot about the art. Some liked it, some didn't. But I think uh, kind of it's unfair to uh, wipe it all under one blanket. Some of it is just the visual storytelling is amazing. It, like, for example, seeing uh, Clark lying in his bed, hearing his parents... Discussing whether or not they should trust him, yeah, uh, and you know, and knowing that 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 is amazing to me—the idea that he's that Superman wasn't just raised by these benevolent angelic saints in the middle of middle America who happen to be perfect—and thank goodness that they are, or else everything goes wrong. We're going to read a couple of stories later on in this in this month where that gets flipped. That script gets flipped. Yeah. it wasn't the fact that they are these perfect people; they are human and he is aware of it and despite that or maybe on because of that he tries to be the best he can be yeah i love that and that visual element of him lying in the bed Gets played back at least twice again in the story. I yeah. think Maybe all three times, all three seasons. Mm. Uh, but at least well, there's four seasons, but there's all one additional. Yeah.
2: There's one, one, uh, one that it it do, they don't use the Superman lying in bed motif. Ah, I see that's it. But it, it is the uh, the Lex Luthor story uh, summer uh, in, in no, autumn in, fall in Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he uh, where the where they don't use it. Right, right. But it is I I think uh, and and that's very indicative of the uh, the complex storytelling. That, uh, that Tim Sale is employing here. I'm sorry, Jeff Loeb is employing. And Tim Sale yeah. is adding to it with the graphics, too. Uh, but the, the the repetition of certain elements, I think it plays in very well with the idea of seasons and splitting it into th- four different chapters where, you know, seasons are different, but there are elements that repeat. Right, right, right. You know, uh, the, the Smallville General Store with the old guys playing cards... Yeah, and it, it, the 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 almost eternal element of that. I was going to say probably my favorite
1: supporting characters in, in the whole story.
0: Right, right, and uh, I like even how they're not eternal. Like towards the end of the uh, by winter, yeah. they mm-hmm. are they are falling. They're they're they've yeah. passed on, and Superman has a chance or Clark has a chance to f- join them, but mm-hmm. he can't. He can't join them. He yeah. has he has to stand apart. That's a there's, good point. There is an amazing. Yeah. Subtext throughout this book. If you're lucky enough to be able to put some of the weirdness aside, you really do get. It's really worth it for you. Uh, uh, the next story. Oh, you're feeling it. I no. I I just I
2: I I disagree with it. I think there are a lot of those those really kind of brilliant literary moments in there, literary elements that you can pick apart in your English class, yeah. kind of thing. But I think as a whole, it doesn't all come together. Oh. And we could talk more about that as after we get through the whole story. But
0: Yeah. Uh, so the next season, of course, would be Summer. Summer is uh, focusing on Superman entering Metropolis and coming into his own. Right. And it's being told by Lois Lane. Right. So the big L. I love the, the design uh, of Lois in this. Uh, yeah. Again, this kind of hits it for me. There's this, I don't know, 40s... Like, uh, not quite, not Damsel in Distress, but there's definitely, um, I'm lacking the the visual vocabulary to describe the style. Bombshell isn't quite it, but like, almost a a slightly Betty Page, like, this. uh, She's got that very 40s silhouette. Yeah there there's there's a. I could see her in a movie opposite uh Tracy like you know Absolutely. Like, I could definitely see the bantering f- film that this this is inspired by.
1: I actually got it a little bit where it was like a, a an amalgam like a mix of like contemporary and like old school you yeah. know feel too. like I don't think it was just all in capturing that old old feel in her.
0: Oh yeah, it's not one hundred percent retro. But I mean, yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I, 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 found it like, especially the Metropolis stuff. It all felt very contemporary, and it all, it for me, it felt like it was like the Smallville stuff was just trapped in time, but the Metropolis stuff was happening like right
0: now. Oh really? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I felt it was all kind of a period piece to me, but I definitely felt there was more urbanness in in Metropolis. I didn't feel that it was a
2: period piece. Uh-huh. But it was it was this time apart from time. Yes. I think in, in in it's very much like the uh, Gotham TV series. Sure, where There's that. elements oh. of the 40s, the 50s, the or 70s. The I would Batman even see animated so. the animated series. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, uh, the best way of handling these legacy characters that have existed for for now almost a century. We're getting close. Yeah. Uh, where you've got these characters where the the language of the characters themselves, the visual language, is all set in a particular period. Uh, and it gets updated every few years, and there's a pull of nostalgia that makes you want to go back and read these characters. So you yourself are like, oh, I remember reading these in the 80s, 90s, whatever. So like, you have to have them exist in this weird bubble. And I think the story does a pretty good job of it. Um, I like... I also like, we can't have to introduce the, the other major LL in this game, in this Lex Luthor. This is an interesting version of the character. Part scientist, part businessman, yep. part uh, criminal mastermind. And I, I love, I even love how they did his hair. Is that like a crazy little thing? Where was like ret- Lex
1: Luthor, Archie Bunker, kind of in his prime look?
0: <laughs> I liked the the comb over. Right I like the shock of red comb, ho- comb over you've got the red hair nod to, mm. to to legacy you've got the boldness nod to legacy and you've got a lot that 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 says about the character especially because his first interaction Superman flies so fast to save Lois uh that uh that he actually makes Luther's hat blow off exposing this comb over and is like h- humiliating him almost unintentionally mm-hmm. and you're like that. In a few panels, you've set up the entire relationship between these characters. Yeah. Uh, to the point where actually in this book, I almost feel not, I don't feel sorry for Luther at all, but I do feel like that uh, that Superman could probably be a little less of a, not a jerk, but a little less rough with him. Like, yeah. Be a little, and characters in this book tell Superman, like, don't mess with Luther. And he keeps doing, he keeps pushing that envelope. And that's, that's another, that's another throwback to me, to the original Superman, who was a guy who would just, you know, beat up slumlords and hang them from, from phone Mm -hmm. poles, uh, as opposed to just being uh, like a boy scout 24 seven. Okay. So our next story actually features Luther a little bit more. It would be fall. We go right into the fall. That is Luther's perspective. Uh, What did you think about that one?
1: I think it could have used a little less
2: Lex Luther in the shower
0: for my taste. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh you yeah there was a there's a lot of him in the show. thank
2: you for holding it up and proving yeah. it to us well, Ken. I'm just saying. I, I remember i read oh, the book okay. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't need you to show me naked lex luther again thankfully no details are drawn
1: um was that mercy who's taking care of him
0: i i think i don't it, think
2: they acknowledge her by name no I don't, I don't know that i don't know how often mercy was acknowledged by name before uh the animated series
0: Yeah, I I think she is a a, a placeholder for a character that people were beginning to become very familiar with. Uh, But um, uh, Luther has had like
2: a string of female assistants that, you know, whatever. They're pretty much interchangeable, unfortunately.
1: Uh, I want to talk about uh, Lex Luthor's Clockwork Orange style uh, plot here uh, to to do Superman in by using Superman's good deeds kind of against them.
0: Yeah. That was creepy. Yeah. There was something very unsettling about about what Luther what ends Luther would go to. Uh, it quickly goes from cartoonish villainy to like this is just disgusting. Yeah. This is a really disgusting thing to do. Yeah. And to to do so with again yeah like like you said Ken. a woman with,
1: was saved and was kind of brainwashed into you know being like Superman's the greatest thing and that's the, the I guess the whole crux of it like that that, that was the the, the 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 uh the whole point is trying to take someone that's totally devout to turn to turn them into something different or, or twist it into something different.
0: It's definitely Luther trying to poison all the the fruits from the Superman tree, um, and that kind of shows how how messed up he is as a villain. Uh, and you know, it gives a little nod to the fact that there are maybe some bigger things in this universe than just the one super powered person and a couple of robot sentries. Yeah, I
2: I, I have a little bit of a problem with Lex's plan in this because I guess the whole idea is to make Superman feel guilty about uh, the fact that he couldn't save Toxin. Right. it's, It's that classic kind of, you know, oh, you have to choose, you know, are you going to trade this one person's life for everyone's? Except Superman doesn't get to make that choice because Superman doesn't know he's trading Toxin's life for everyone else.
0: So I agree and disagree with you. At first I was going to be like, I'm going to wow Pete by agreeing with him on this one. I do <laughs> think Luther's plan is a little weak on this. I don't mm-hmm. quite get where he's going with this well, part, or what he thought
1: would happen. Part of it was to out him and play mind games with him too. And it takes place after the actual toxin that was put into the uh, the air uh, is affecting everybody and they're all knocked out. And there's the moment where Lex is quarantined in his office and Superman flies up to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, and then he's like, well, I've got this person like, who has a miracle cure. It will help Well, no, you. it wasn't even that. Like, look,
1: uh, Superman asked him, why weren't you affected? He's like, well, I set myself up in the, all of this. Like, I, I'm prepared. And then Lex turns around and says, why aren't you affected?
0: Oh, yeah. The question of whether this is some sort of alien or messed up or, or foreign thing that, or some result I, of Superman's powers. It's
1: not – it's – it's not that it's it's a new thing for for him to try to twist the fact that, you know, Superman's an alien
0: and try to use that against him. Right.
1: But the way he did it here, which is really kind of creepy and twisted.
0: Yeah. He, so for me, the issue is that Luther is taking a hell of a gamble, which I guess is fine with his character, whatever. He's just taking a big gamble. He puts everyone's life at risk. It's, it's to maybe question whether or not Superman is a, a, a menace. I get that's a, a trope as well. I'm just. I feel like it was a. It wasn't quite perfect, but I did. There was something I did like about it. Well, I was gonna say
1: going back to this whole idea that this is Superman kind of year one. Mm-hmm. This plays imperfectly to the fact that they're just trying to feel each other out. Yeah. You know, like they don't know what to what extremes each other will go to yet.
0: Yeah, there definitely is a uh, learning who Luther is in this in this chapter. What I did enjoy about it that uh, where I wasn't completely with up on this was. I don't think it was. This is the ultimate choice, Superman. Who do you save? Mm-hmm. I think it was. This is a life lesson, Superman. And this is where I would give Luther the most credit. Although it, the, the fiction doesn't necessarily say that, but I feel like it's implied. Superman, this is a lesson. You're not going to be able to save everyone, no matter what. You're you're Superman. You're not God. Mm-hmm. You're not going to save everyone. This person's going to die. If that was, it, whether, I'm putting aside Luther's intent because I don't know about that. But if th- I think the intent of the author, certainly because the next chapter is Winter and Superman questioning whether anything he's doing is worth it, um, I think that's the point. And the big question that looms over Superman's head if you ask anybody whether Superman is a good character, not good as in a hero, but good as in like interesting, it's the, oh, he's too powerful right he could do too much i think this puts you in a position just like that that old man in the uh, in the card game who just passed away you know you can't he's, well, he's not going to save everyone i think he did pass away no
2: right? uh, he's in he's in metropolis or whatever he was he was in general hospital really hmm. yeah i don't yeah i, yeah, I read i read it times.
0: as he was in yeah. uh, no they said he out. thought he
2: had he thought he was having a heart attack but it turned out to just be angina you know
0: what it was they said I thought he's the, the line was something like he this is the first time he said something that was right and when I heard heart attack I thought well oh, it was fatal then no, no. okay I no. guess I just assumed that one but it's uh, okay
2: it actually kind of would have made a little bit more sense for him to die yeah I don't know why they bothered to keep him alive but it was I it, mean I didn't maybe model. they thought it was a little tonally
0: too too much I guess I guess but the I, the idea that Super Superman cannot save everyone. Is a rare thing that happens in these stories, but in a story that's supposed to be dealing with as much serious, you know, pathos as this, I appreciated it. I appreciated the end result of it.
1: And again, well, all those people that complain he's too powerful, and the fact that, you know, the fact that he's an alien, I think this story helps humanize him, especially at the start of the, the last story, because after the events of what happened with Toxin, Clark Kent is beaten and decides to go home. Yeah. Like, that's a very human thing to do. That's, I just, and
2: that's in our winter. I understand that. But I my thing is, I don't think it's done... I don't think those goals are accomplished effectively with this particular tactic. Because... We mean Luther? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and storytelling-wise. Mm. Because Superman... If your, if your goal is to get Superman to question himself and to teach him that he can't save everyone all the time... I mean, this was a pretty clear-cut case of... No, Luther, you just murdered this woman. How was it gonna get to that uh, uh instead yeah. of uh, uh, and okay, I stopped the entire city from dying mm-hmm. but you tried to murder the entire city and you succeeded in only murdering one person
0: right yeah
2: and it's like I don't understand why Superman or even more internalizes her death as much as he does without without Seeking any kind of retribution on Luther,
0: yeah, I, you know, I, I he, would he, agree. One hundred percent with you on that.
2: He is—he's supposed to be such a strong moral compass, and I—I I really don't get the feeling that this is not something that he's quite grown into yet. Out of this, Well, that's exactly where I was going to go with this.
1: Again, th- this is a younger Superman. He's still kind of that kid from Smallville, starting to, to become a man and, and learning mm-hmm. things on his own. And I think what got it wasn't the fact that he prevailed with the Lex Luthor thing it was the fact that I think Lex, this older guy got into his head and made him question himself. Yeah,
0: I think... That's what, I think it was all psychological. I will agree with Pete, kind of, in that I, it wasn't clear to me. But I do think Pete, I think Ken's got the right reading on that. It was, this was the, this was the first volley in Luther, the mad genius, worming his way into it. I felt very unsatisfied that Luther didn't get his comeuppance. Although I kind of don't know how that would have ended it in a way that I would have been yeah. satisfied with because it's like... I don't want the story to be on going on no. for a million years.
2: I, I think it would have been much better if they had set up some sort of way, and I, I guess maybe they kind of do if you read in between the lines. But if they had made it much more clear that Luther had engineered this situation so that he couldn't be held responsible,
0: yeah, I agree with that. There was there's no uh, nothing definitive that 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 stated Superman did not know that Luther was behind this. And we, as our audience, did know. So it it leaves you kind of like, ugh. I think it would have
2: been even better if Superman knew that Luther was responsible, but couldn't do anything about it.
0: I would even take it back another step. If Luther wasn't so expressly responsible for conditioning toxin, The tape on the eyes Mm -hmm. is what, like... She was already a little disturbed, obviously, when Luther found her. And she had this, like, massive mural to Superman. And this could be, like, a question of, like, how much is fandom bad? Uh, But, (laughs) like, it, it seemed like the story was saying Luther took it to the next level. And even probably planned her dying. I would have even believed that Luther just wanted to spread misinformation about Superman. Didn't realize the toxin was that dangerous. Didn't realize yeah. he was going to kill her or anybody else, you know. As a the kind of the buffoon g- evil genius, mm-hmm. Luther and Superman saved everyone but couldn't save her. That would have also been justified, but it's oh, it's a little too hard to read what Luther's intent was or what he was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and that kind of makes this a little awkward.
2: But keeping that in mind, we we should uh, we should also. Buckle down because winter is coming.
0: Yes, winter is. And so what I liked about the consequences of Toxin and winter is that I don't even think as much. I know I said it earlier that it was you can't save everyone. I think this is Lana Lang narrative chapter. Mm-hmm. And in this, she deals with, again, like Ken said before, like the fear of who you are, Superman. Like this. I like Clark. I do Don't like this boy who can fly. Yeah. And I feel I'm afraid of this and I ran away from this. And how it wraps up with, but at least I know you will do everything you can. Everybody else runs from danger, but you run towards it. Right. And that's what's important. So, yeah, you didn't save Toxin. Uh, It's unfortunate. But the important thing is that unlike everyone else, which is a kind of a rarity, especially in comparison to Action Comics 1000, where we had lots of stories about how people inspire Superman (laughs) by running into danger. But at this point in 99, we were really bad on people and uh, nobody runs into danger. Only Superman would only a hero would at very least. And that's what makes him a hero. I really enjoyed this this part of the story and how it how it (laughs) rapped. Yeah, absolutely. I hated it. Yeah, what did you hate about it? Uh,
2: The fact that it was, that the narrative part of it, like, I can accept kind of the lessons that that, and the realizations that his family and friends are helping him reach. Yeah. Uh, Narrative-wise... You could have believed that they didn't fill in the gaps? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, not, not even that. Yeah. This is another... Why, when the, as soon as the sheriff left... Did he not change into the Superman suit and fix the dam?
0: <laughs> yeah, all right.
2: There was no, heat vision your dam up. Yep. You know, uh, suck up the water and go spit it into, you know, Farmer Johnson's fields. There were any number of ways that he could have accomplished saving people without ever having the town flooded
0: right and the
2: the, and he had plenty of time they explicitly (laughs) give him time they could have said you know oh the dam's gonna bust in five minutes you better run no let's all get a good night's sleep first
0: i'll give you two reasons i'll give you a narrative reason and a universe reason the narrative reason is you want smallville to be destroyed So that they can say, we're gonna rebuild because, you know, this is about the cycle. We're gonna rebuild. Don't worry about it. We're good people, and that's what good people do.
2: Sometimes it's tornadoes, sometimes it's floods, but we're gonna rebuild because we have an infinite amount of money.
0: And also great
2: flood insurance. Um, (laughs) So good. Yeah. Even though we live right down the river from a (laughs) dam.
0: Uh, Number two is from Tornado uh, Alley. From the narrative perspective, is, well, that was a narrative. In-, in universe, I still think we're dealing with year one Superman, and year one Superman has yet to figure out that, like, th- this entire chapter, Winter, is about the love of his life, because Lois isn't presented as a love interest at all in this story. Lana, the love of his life, rejecting him for being super, for being different. Him feeling like he doesn't fit in anymore. He expressly says that in this chapter. I don't feel like this is home anymore. I don't know who I am. And him just coming out of the fall where Luther just plays him and makes him doubt everything he's done. So he's, up, he's full into doubt mode until push comes to shove and he has to save everybody. I think, like you know, it's reasonable. That that's that's that is pretty reasonable in a superhero story for someone to doubt themselves up until the point where they no longer do so.
1: One of the other things I, I took away too was the uh, the other character we we hadn't brought up the uh, the uh, the third member of that trio of <laughs> Clark and Lana uh, yeah. Pete. Yeah, and I liked in yes. the opening. It was uh, it was almost like it's a Wonderful Life. He would walk into the the general store
2: exactly. <laughs> like Wish I had a, a million dollars, yeah. you know, except there
1: wasn't the 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 lighter or whatever it was. Yeah. But by the end of this, I actually thought it was interesting. Clark left Smallville to try to find out who he is. Lana left Smallville to become someone else to find out who she is. Pete stayed and became
2: a different person because Clark and Lana
1: left.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When we walk
1: back into the general store, he doesn't go for that anymore.
2: And Lois stayed in Metropolis to figure out who Superman is. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I thought that that was a cool little beat, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's there's a lot to like in this story. There's a lot that you can dislike in this story. But I think, like I said earlier on, I think if you know what you're getting into, if you know that this is a Norman Rockwell painting turned into a comic book about Superman... And you're okay with that, you're more or less going to have a good time with this read. I think you're going to enjoy this book a lot. Uh, uh, but it, of course, your mileage may vary because there are certain things that you're going to, it's going to be a roadblock to you. It's going to be, or at the very least a speed bump. My ranking on this book is Mint. I love this book. I really, really enjoyed it. I had forgotten how much I liked it until I reread it for this. Pete? Uh-
2: yeah i'm sorry i don't like doing this but um i'm giving it a poor poor really poor the exact polar opposite i just
0: we don't have a sound effect for that we need to get a like a blowhorn between the uh between the stylistic
2: choices in the uh the artwork and the what i consider to be glaring plot holes and the fact that Superman doesn't really seem to actually learn anything for any reason. It's just he learns stuff because we'd say he learned stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just I didn't like it.
0: All right, Ken, it's on you. I said it earlier.
1: I had problems with, with certain character designs, but I thought the visual storytelling was fantastic. I actually liked the framework of the story. I liked that. It was a Superman story that wasn't told through his eyes at all before different characters. I thought that was incredibly interesting and fun. I can't go with you with a mint, Frank, but I will actually give it a near mint.
0: Nice. Ooh, I was worried. if My heart was in my my, uh, throat on that one. Pete, I understand... It is an acquired taste. I think I'm pretty confident you could read the first few pages of this. I mean, you've listened to this entire podcast, people, so I don't know. <laughs> I think by now you know. Uh, but if you read first few pages, you'll know whether or not this is a book for you. But yeah, it definitely was a book for me. And it's, it is iconically Superman for me. Next up, however, we've got some weird ones in store. Uh, do you remember what the the, the list is? Which works which we We're actually
1: going to be traveling uh, into other realities. Yeah. And we're going to be tackling Superman in, in Elseworlds.
0: All right. Yes. So some some good books. In, in case you want to read along with us, I think it's more fun if you do. Yeah. We have Red Sun, which I've heard great things about. I've never read. Uh, me neither. Me neither. Oh, interesting. Actually. And uh, Speeding Bullets. The one I think we've talked about that. It was a dozen one of my, it was yeah.
1: one of my favorites. Go, I can't wait to go back and reread it and see, still see if it holds up. The wow.
0: first official
2: Elseworlds imprint book that was not a Batman book. Oh. It didn't yeah. have Batman yeah. as oh, okay. the title. Okay, you still have to find I'm a like, way it I mean, this a little is little of mixing <laughs> a it. this is officially a Superman Elseworlds. Yes. Every other Elseworlds before it had been branded as a Batman. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting.
0: Interesting. If you found this interesting, please like and follow and review and do all the wonderful things we need you to do to spread word about Near Mint and the Nonproductive Network. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and a bunch of other podcatcher apps. Please rank us. Give us a little bit of a review. And uh, tell your friends. We want as many geeks as possible to listen to this all-encompassing, inclusive, fun, wonderful show. Uh, I was trying to work something in about Four Seasons, but I couldn't think of it. It got some good music, though. Four Seasons.
1: This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui.